Lord, we thank you for this time you've given us. Ask you just to be with us during this time, Lord. You say two or three gather in your name that you're in the midst. So we're just inviting you to uh, be in the midst, Lord, and uh, give us wisdom and give us understanding, give us knowledge right now, Lord. And uh, let's bring glory to you. And I say this in Jesus' name. Amen. House of Abaz, I'm Ronnie Adams. And I'm Jacob Casas. And this episode is Here I Am. And we have Victor Casas here um, to tell us a little bit about what it is to be a man, but a man walking with God. So um, Victor's also my dad. So I wanted to say, um, tell us a little bit about how you started walking with God. Okay, when I was 16 years old, uh, my brother invited me to church. I went to a church in uh, Alhambra, and it was a, a Pentecostal church. And I've always believed in God. I just knew there was something greater out there, so no one could tell me any different because it just it just was always in me. Uh, and then I, I saw that I accepted the Lord as my Savior one summer, and then a school started, and everything changed. You know, I started getting hanging out with your friends and. I got into drugs, got into uh, lots of different things, you know, robbery, uh, uh, dealing, and uh, then um, what else did I do? I uh, I got married. Got married, and I used to share with her about the Bible, and and uh, she we ended up coming back to the Lord. How old, how old were you when you got married? I was twenty. I was twenty years old. Twenty. 20 years old, so four years 20, 19 after, or 20. Four years after you found God, you found, you know, a, yeah, a spouse. And I, yeah, and I, and, and I, uh, I was in love with her. And then, and then five years later, uh, she uh, decided to leave. And then that just devastated me. And I totally just fell off. The only, I went back to the only thing I knew. The only thing I knew was to get high, drink, do everything you know, I wanted, I mean, I was, I was at the point that one night I was at the point that I actually wanted to think about killing myself. The only thing I really, I didn't, the only reason why I didn't was because of my sons. And I just said, oh, but I started drinking and partying for 20 years, 20 so years. You got, so you found God and got married. And then, um, uh, when did the alcohol and the drug abuse start at what age? Uh, 24, 24, 24 years old, all the way to 43, 43. When, so that was a, a little yeah. time span away. It was, a, it was a big time span away. The only time I used to pray to God was when I felt like my, my heart was going to pound out of my chest mm -hmm. or I was going to die. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the only time I ever prayed. Until one night I came down from drinking at a bar, and me and my wife used to do that a lot. I came home. She went to sleep. I went downstairs in the basement, and I sat there, and I just said, Hey. This is uh, how I'm gonna die. I accept it. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna. It's gonna be no big deal. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna continue drinking, continue smoking, continue using, continue to live the life I'm living because I can't stop. That's it. I, just, I tried 50, 60 times to stop, and I just couldn't do it. Did you feel at that moment, any at that time, you were going through these trials? Did you feel that God had left you? 
No, I feel like I left him. You left him. I left him, and I walked away, but... But he was always there. Yeah, he was always there. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember waking up in my driveway, driving home from work, and I would wake up in my driveway, only how in the heck I got home. You know, I just he never so, left you. Yeah, he never left me. I mean, yeah, there's so many times I should have been killed. I used to drive 60 miles from uh, uh, from L.A., West L.A., all the way to Covina, to Fontana. Um, so many times, man, so many times I, I should have been done. And things that I've done, um, you know, there's nothing that I still carry a lot of scars from from that life. But when I came home and realized what, that one night, I realized that I couldn't stop. I, there was no way I would stop, so I was going to accept it. I was going to embrace it because that's the only thing I knew. You almost gave up. No, I did give up. I didn't give up. I gave in. Gave up was yeah, I gave, gave in. in yes. I gave in and, and accepted it. And, and I was really saying, this is it. This is how I'm going to go. This is it. And God spoke to me that night. That night he told me, give me 30 minutes of your life a day. I'll change your life. I knew exactly what I haven't heard God's voice in years, but I knew that was God talking to me. And I knew exactly what that meant. So my journey started the next morning. I, start, I got up in the morning a half hour earlier than what I would normally get up. And I gave God 30 minutes of my life every single morning. 15 minutes of prayer, 15 minutes of opening up the Word and read. And He was speaking to me. He was speaking to me. So over. You, have you ever heard God audibly? You know, I would say I have. Yeah. Um, so during that experience? during that time, mm -hmm. one more one night uh, he would I would get up. I never used an alarm clock, so I've always just got up, and he would, I would get up at five in the morning to read. And one morning I I heard someone say, "Hey," <laughs> you know, no conversation or nothing, but I jumped up and looked at my clock. It was five o'clock. Time to get up, and there was during that time. I never, ever again like that, you know, but I hear him. I know his voice inside my head when he, when he speaks to me, the difference between my voice and his voice. My voice is all about me. His voice is about him. And that's a big difference, how I know the difference between them. So, so tell us your journey from that point then. So with, within that amount of time, what have you been doing um, throughout that time? Like wh what has God led you to do? Since 43. God has led me to exercise my belief. And this was really profound to me. I mean, it, it, this changed my whole life. It says, believe on him who he sent. Jesus told him, this is the work that God requires from you. And then you can go to John, I mean, James 1, 1 uh, 2.19, actually. And it says, so you believe God is one? He says, you do well. The demons also believe. So now you got two different versions of believing. This sets my whole course of my life, finding these two things about belief. Belief, birth, birth is everything. Wisdom, knowledge, understanding, discernment, common sense, um, peace, rest, it comes from belief. You wanna know where strength comes from? You wanna know where all this comes from? At birth, it comes from belief. And your belief changes Everything, no matter what you believe. So Jesus says, so believe in that, okay, what does that mean? So you, you got to dig deeper in the word. The only way to do, do it is by the Bible. The Bible, you know, God says, I'm going to go, this is what I believe how God did it. He goes, I'm going to drop this in the world, and this is going to last 
throughout time. There is going to be nothing that takes this word and that's going to destroy it. They're going to come after it. They're going to come after it. And it's going to sit here for thousands and thousands of years. I think God is capable of doing that. If he can create the heavens, create the earth, create the stars, create everything, he's capable of bringing down one book putting it all together and saying, this is it that's never going to be destroyed. A lot of people talk about religion and what man has done over the years and what man can put their two cents in and what man can touch, you know, and man becoming imperfect people, you know, God is perfect, I believe, and man becoming imperfect. So uh, I wanted to, let's talk about relationship. That that That's a... That's what we try to use, and I guess 2000, from the, the millennium, church is using relationship. Back then they used religion, now they we're using relationship. I never had a father, okay? I don't know what it is to have a father. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I read the word, and I actually could feel what a father really is to you. I mean, he just is so, uh, there's so much love that he expresses to me that it helps me to understand and I could teach my sons, you know, what a father is, what a husband is, what a, I mean, I share these things that and the only way I learned them was through, was through here. He's showing me what a father is. He's showing me what a marriage is. He goes, a marriage is a, a good marriage, a good marriage, because there's so many messed up people out here today, but a good marriage is a foreshadow of what God desires for us. He, he wants you to look at these, you guys talk to each other, you guys communicate with each other, mm -hmm. you guys know each other. Mm -hmm. He goes, and this is what I want with you. I want this to, I want to be, have this relationship with you. I want to, I want us to be one. He goes, like you and your wife are one. Mm -hmm. I want us to be one. It's more than a connection. It's, it's like, um, a peace that you can that no one can understand it's a rest and i believe you know everybody desires to have peace and rest in their soul and they can go through anything in the, in their life and when they when they can when they do this they just go okay lord i want to go to the next step i want to go a little further with you my desire and my whole walk with god is to draw closer to him the closer I get to him, the more I understand how much more I need him. The more I feel I need him, the more I desire him. The more I desire him is the more I'll become like him. The only way I could become like him is by having him move through me to be the man I need to be. Victor stepping into this realm cannot do it. I can't do it, but he through me can. Let's talk about some of these uh, being like him. Can you share with us and share with the people what is you uh, drawing them to him, getting closer to him, and making you in his image or making you like him? Jesus said, uh, in the, well, he was in the desert. He said, Satan comes up to him and uh, he says, uh, turn these rocks into, into uh, bread. And uh, Jesus said, don't tempt the Lord thy God. He goes, he goes, man does not live by bread alone by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Drawing close to him, a relationship with him, is tell, Jesus is telling us that the food that you eat, everything that you desire is not going to do it. He goes, but my word, you get this word into your spirit, this is how you draw close to God. This is what, what it, uh, Paul says, that faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. 
the draw the more you understand what you're reading the more you dive into this and the more you start experiencing it you start cl drawing closer to god and you have that relationship and you can feel i mean i i've been through so much crap in my life that the disciples come peter comes up i believe it's peter and he tells uh uh it's in fact it's in the same chapter i believe it's chapter john chapter six when he says uh because he, he yells out this insane, Jesus yells out this insane thing. If you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you're not worthy of me. And everyone starts thinking, this guy's a lunatic. What's wrong with this guy? And and uh, Jesus looks at us, because everybody left him. Out of all those 5,000, the thousands of people that were there, they all scattered and said, this guy's crazy. And he looks at his disciples and, say, and says, uh, so will you leave also? And Peter says to him, where are we going to go? You hold the words of eternal life. And I feel the same way. I mean, there's nowhere I can go. My brother asked me one time, um, and this is my brother who I just barely met, you know, that I found out I had another brother. And he says, what if everything you believe was wrong, is wrong, and you die that way? It was a good question. And I said, you know what, if everything was wrong, which I don't believe it is because I, I just, there's too much stuff that God has done in my life to, to show me that it's not. I God still believe because it's the best life I've ever had. Damn. I have uh, my wife, a relationship that I was, I was so brutal to her. And our relationship today is just like, it's amazing. You know, I had three blown discs in my back. I couldn't even pick up my youngest son when he was born. And Jacob, I don't remember, you remember my back, how bad it was? Um, I couldn't sit in a chair, I couldn't do it. And God healed that. I mean, no surgeries, no doctors, no nothing. I mean, I even had a heart, like a heart murmur. I could feel it. And, and I, God healed that. I went to a doctor to have it confirmed. And sure enough, my heart was great. I, there are so many things that um, God has done in my life. My, my son was born with a big spot on his neck, uh, uh, David. And, and he, we prayed over it, and it fell off. There's just, God just says, hey, I'm here. I love you. I'm going to be here, and I'm going to stay with you. That's good. That's great. Because that, that leads me to purpose. God has a purpose for everyone. And then his purpose and his plan shall go forth no matter what. So can you tell us a little bit about how what your purpose is now? Yeah, we were, we've been talking about this with other guests as well. And, um, and we've been like, because we, we were trying to break down men. As a as general, you know, and, and then to break down women, and, and and what is your purpose? Like we're trying to figure out what is purpose. Like because you, you you said that, okay, you're the one that actually told me that every every finger, um, has no no one has the same fingerprint. Nobody does. So everybody's designed for for their purpose. God designs every single human on this earth for their purpose. So what do you feel like God has designed you for for your purpose? You know, it's funny you say that because Ollie asked me that a couple of days ago too. Said, what are you designed for? And I said, my family. I go, I'm here because my heart is my passion is my sons. My sons are everything to me. I, I mean, I have so much things that I want to give them and show them and un have them understanding because, you know, if you, if you could understand things like... Uh, it, it, it brings you to knowing them. There's always steps that God brings us to. And the first thing is to understand. I said, you could, you could, I could, you could hear the best message in the world. 
and totally get it and walk out of that church and say, hey, I get this. It makes sense to me. But you won't know it until you walk in it. I've been walking in this, in, in what I believe God designed me from living in Utah. I told my wife one day, I am not, I go, we're gonna, I'm going to end up dying here. I'm not going to ever go home, so I'm going to settle for that, and I'm okay with it. I was hoping to go home one day. 20 years later, the following week, I get an email saying that they're going to open up a new facility in Ontario. And I just, okay. Then I open up my word, and I start reading, and, and he, I come up to, I, think, I believe it was Abraham. It was in Genesis, I know that. And he says, it's time for you to go home. And God was saying, it's time for me to go home. I knew that word was for me. That's how God speaks to me. I mean, you can hear things in your head, and when you hear something in your head, that's fine. But if they're not confirmed in here, then I don't trust it. So every move I made, so everything I asked on what I wanted to when I go home was given to me. They moved me. They packed up my stuff, moved me out here, and brought me here because I wanted to be with my sons. I wanted to be with my family. And that's just, that's why I believe and I know what God has designed me to be is for the family, for my sons. Because they need me. I feel like I and I need them. I need them to know that I want to be there for them, how much I care for them, how much I love them and how much, you know, they're they mean everything to me. My wife everything to me. My wife is just is beyond uh any woman that I can I'm I'm amazed at the relationship that we have to today compared to years ago. Can you can you explain to us when you say uh, be there for them? Can elaborate on that to the people when you say your purpose is to be there for your family. You know when uh, lots of times when uh, I I see them and I listen to them talk talking and I I see it, their actions I see how they're living I see it, and I'll come in and say. You know, Jacob or Michael, you know, this is not how God has designed you to be. You know, God has designed you to uh, uh, push towards him and to help them draw near to God, no matter what it takes. I mean, I've stepped in in, in the office and, and, and literally talked with him and somebody else and said, this is not how God wants. This is, this is, this is what, what's going on is wrong, you know, and, and. I go, so you guys need to draw closer to the Lord on your own. Lead him by his Yeah, lead. And I go, and, and, that, and yeah, that's a big thing. You can't just, you know, you got to walk the walk. Um, and, I, and, and, and I mess up all the time. I mean, I go, but I get back up. And, and, and your, the word uh, corrects you. Yes. So, it, you know, and that's why you have, you know, that's why you say you eat daily. Because, you know, you're able to go to something. If no one is seeing you or watching you make a mistake, you have the word to correct you. Yes, I do. And, then, you know, and I, and I make, like I said, I make mistakes every day. I, I get angry just like everybody else. I mean, but uh, that just shows you why I need the Lord so much. Because there is nothing more valuable. And it makes me, because I can never, ever make up for the mistakes that I've created throughout my life. But Christ... He took everything upon him and says, I got you. And when he looked back and he says, it is finished, it was finished. So my, my, for my past, my present, and my future, all those sins are gone. And I, and, and I am so grateful. What else can I do? 
I mean, all the stuff that he shows me beyond measure. I mean, I can't even, I can't even, I'm grateful every day just saying, okay, Lord, thank you for the way you are. And I'm grateful that I can still open this and they haven't taken this away from us yet here in the United States because all this stuff that's going on right now, who knows they're gonna, what they're going to do here. That's why it's so important to get this inside of you because one day you're going to have to make a decision, everybody. You know, you're, they're going to they're gonna say you're going to choose this or that. You're going to separate the sheep from the goats. One day that's going to happen. And if you don't have this word inside of you, then you're not going to have anything to go on. I heard a story one time in, in, that in China, um, they, uh, uh, they would take one page and rip it out of the Bible, and they would pass it to this person. That person would take that page and have it for two days or three days and give it to another person. They would do that with the Bible, one page at a time. They just took that page and just had it sink inside their hearts and their minds. Because those are things, that's how important the Word of God is to people. And it is, the, it is the changing of the heart and the mind and the soul. And we all desire peace and rest. Good stuff. I don't want y'all to miss this. When I, we asked him what his purpose was, he said it was his family. So not only did he use the Bible as the tool to correct himself, but it, to, that gave him boldness to correct his children, even as adults. That's good stuff. Hope y'all didn't miss it. So I wanted to go over this too. So what would you consider as like the ultimate man? A man that steps out of his comfort zone. A man that doesn't follow uh, what everybody else is doing, that goes after uh, what his design is. You know, they're, I want to I want to read this one to you guys. For you, you were formed from my inward parts. This is Psalms 139, by the way, uh, 13 and 14. You, you wove me in my mother's womb. I will give you thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. Then I'm going to jump down to 17. It says, how precious also are your thoughts of me, of God. Oh, God, how vast is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would outnumber the sand. And when I awake, I am still with you. This to me spoke to me in, in a profound way, saying that God took the time to the thoughts of me, of you, of each one of us, it says, were, are more than the sand. The day I read this, I was living in Utah. The following week, we came down to visit my family in California. I went to the beach. I grabbed a handful of sand, and I had it in my hand, and I said, I can't even count the grains of this. Then I looked at the beach. Imagine all the beaches. Then all the deserts. And that's how much time he put into each one of us, thinking about this. Now, your question was, uh, what was your question? Howler. A howler. Ultimate, ultimate howler is a person who seeks out your design and why you are here on this earth. What is my purpose? Why did you pick me? And if you thought about all this, the thoughts of me were so intense and there was so, uh, uh, there was so much thought put into me, I need to find out what it is. I need to seek God and say, okay, God, show me this. Show me this. And you know, it's, what's crazy is, is you watch you watch a lot of podcasts or motivational speaking and different things that they have out there. And I've been noticing a lot of the stuff that they're talking about now, like purpose. That's all over the place now. They talk about a man that needs to um, 
a man needs to love his 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 wife, and a man and a woman needs to uh, respect her, her their husband. But they're talking about it like it's all brand new things. We were just talking about this today, and what's kind of funny to me is like you're hearing so many of these people speak about things like it's brand new, like oh we just learned this, right. but it's been in here for thousands of years. Right. So it's it's kind of funny to me that that people are just realizing it, but they don't even know where it's coming from. You know, there um, talks about, I believe, I don't want to say, I don't want to say it might be Ephesians or Galatians. Uh, it talks about, uh, you know, you won't find in the Bible, first, that to for a man to love his wife. I mean, for excuse me, for a woman to love her husband. But you will find a man has to love his wife and sacrifice himself for his wife like Christ did the church. So he sacrificed himself. But it does say a woman should respect her husband. They use the word submit, but it actually means submit. It means actually to respect, respect them. And they did a, a study years and years ago. I heard they put 100 men and 100 women in the room. And they asked the women, how many of you love your husbands? And, you know, periodically their hands started going up little by little. And, you know, before they got the final count. But when they asked, how many of you respect your husband, their hands either were up or down right away. And they did the same thing to men. How many of you love your wives? Their hands just went up and down. How many respect their, their wives? And their hands periodically went up, little at a time, little at a time. And it's built in us. It's been, I mean, it's great to have that extra, you know, for the woman to love you. Like my wife. My wife loves me. Uh, there's no doubt about it. My wife just, she just, I mean. I, I was about to say, I think uh, it's the other way yeah. around. <laughs> My wife really, I mean, I, I got, I got, I got the plus. disrespect them more than they disrespect yeah. us, and they love us more than we love them. Yeah, my, my, I'm, I, got the, I got the blessing. But we all men, we, we, we really look forward to having respect. I mean, it, it just makes us different, you know. But And loving our wives, if we did as God, and, it, and, it, and I did with this. I mean, I, I literally followed this example. And the more I started learning how to sacrifice myself, do things for my wife, I started loving her more and more and more and more. And which means, you start loving, which means to me, you start letting go of yourself and giving yourself more to her. Because I used to just hold back. Okay, she ain't going to, this girl's not going to do what my first wife did. I ain't going to give her my heart. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to give her a little piece of it, but not going to give her the whole thing, you know. But as I started getting into the Word, it started showing me, oh, no, you got to let go. Have more let emotion. Go. So I started just giving her my heart, you know, treating her different, you know, taking her out. I'm just doing things with her and, and talking. Our conversations that we talk are, are uh, it's my, the best, the time that I have the be the most with her, that I spend the time most time with her is when I'm sitting down and her and I are just sitting down talking. We could be in a restaurant just talking, and we can talk for a couple hours and not even know the time has passed. And it just, it's just like, I, I can't explain it. Era, you come up in an era where sensitivity in the man wasn't accepted, and you had to be tough. Yeah. You know, so that's why it was so hard for the generation to change into understanding that it's okay to be emotional at times or being fearful at times, but you have to still be strong through these types of situations. So a lot of times people don't understand that we are, like he said, you know, uh, I had to learn these things, you know, and these are the things that, you know, helped him 
get through like the you know with the Bible and you know um, situations. So so um, now we wanted to go over bass. What would you, how, what do you, how what do you feel from what you learned? Well, as a bass, I would have to say uh, people that follow the world that don't believe that they need this. And you also got to look at the other side. Why do they think that way? Who are they? And they've got to be, because there's some intelligent people who believe that. So why do they believe that way? So the best way to do is to get both perspectives. And I know there's believers that are who voted for Biden. I know the believers who voted for Trump. And even if Biden won, we should be still lifting up Biden in prayer and saying, Lord God, direct him, give him that peace, give him that, and, and give, show him, give him direction on the way he's supposed to go. We just can't just keep bad-mouthing him because that's not what God's called us to do. God's called us to the word says that you need to pray for them, pray for your leaders, pray for them. It doesn't matter who they so are. So the bads are the ones who's bashing. Bashing. I mean, they're the ones who just follow the world. Whatever the, whatever the world says to do, they do. Instead of uh, trying to figure out, or even, I mean, just like you said, praying for them. So if they can't physically do anything, they should be praying anyways. Yeah, they should be praying for them. That's what God has called us to do. I mean, the world tells you no. You, you pick a side. Because instead of complaining. Yeah. Because complaining is, there's nothing anyway. Yeah, don't, you know, you don't, you don't, you, if any side you're going to pick, you didn't pick his, God's side. And God loves them as much as he loves you. There's no partiality with God. He loves us all, you know, but. We need to make that choice at one time in your life. You're going to come to that decision whether I, I, I choose Christ or I don't choose Christ. You know, and that is the thing. But until that day comes, we need to focus on who, what, I don't know how to, the best way to explain it, but we need to uh, make that decision and look why I don't want to choose Christ, what I don't. Because, I mean, you, you think about it, there's so many people who are haters of God, but yet they don't. They don't, uh, you don't see anybody going after unicorns or leprechauns. You know, they're always going hating God. I hate God. I mean, God, and they're going after Christians, they're going after it, but you don't see anyone posting anything about some kind of unicorns. Hey, we, we shouldn't believe in unicorns, you know, or leprechauns or, or things like that, you know, or anything that's a fairy, the, the tooth fairy. Uh, why, am I, why is nobody just pray, going against a tooth fairy? I don't understand that. It doesn't make sense to me. But to look at both sides, is to is to bring understanding, and everybody needs understanding. I mean, the 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 Bible talks about wisdom, and when you talk about wisdom, you need to know where wisdom comes from, and it and it comes. To, uh, James one five says that if it, if anyone lacks wisdom, ask a bit of God, and He will show you. The book of Proverbs is a whole book of the reason why it's written. It's it's for wisdom, knowledge understanding, um, discernment, and common sense. That's what that book is about. It'll even say it in there. So if anybody really wants to learn what that's about, open up the book of Proverbs. It will tell you. Let's go talk a little about wisdom. Yes, so sir. Because wisdom's on our list of, of what men need to have. You know, that's, that's something that we, we talk about that a lot. So what is wisdom to you? Wisdom is understanding. Well, like I said, understanding. Wisdom is, is knowing the direction or give you, is, is to making the right choices. You can, when you can see, uh, uh, when you can see 
when someone's trying to explain something to you and you literally you can see it in front of you. Discernment. Yeah, that's part of it. Mm-hmm. There, all this is, a wisdom is part of knowledge, understanding, discernment, common sense. That's all part of wisdom. But when you can see something in front of you, someone's explaining to you, hey, I want to go do this, and all of a sudden you say, uh, I don't know about that, and you can see it in front of you because discernment's going to take place in that. But being wise is going to make you make that decision not to do it. You know, because you can still have discernment and still do the thing that you're not supposed to do. But wisdom and discernment and understanding and making it all coming together, to me, that forms wisdom. And that, is the, and that will give you the choice to make the right choice in your life. And we don't need things to help us uh, make those choices, whether we, we drink, we get high or whatever. It helps us. It, it takes, if anything, that takes away your your wisdom, your discernment, or anything like that, that will take it away. You won't be, you need to be sober in, in your mind, and your, you need to be sober in your spirit. You need to make sure, because even being sober is not easy to make those wise decisions. You're gonna, still going to mess up. Definitely. And, you, and you'll learn from them, but uh, I feel like Casas is, you know, and I always say this, you know, we're, we always learn the hard way. We always le- we learn from our mistakes. <laughs> you know, I say a wise man learns from his from mistakes of others, and a fool learns from his own mistakes. Well, I feel like I've been a fool for a lot of my life. But that's wisdom right there, you know? just understanding that part. I understand. Yeah, I understand. And that's big. What he said. He said, even though you have wisdom, don't mean you're going to get everything right. You're going to make a mistake, but that does not mean that you don't have wisdom. You just learn from what that mistake was. So, so I actually want to dive into a little bit of this about wisdom. I mean, because who was the wisest man in the Bible? Solomon. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? Solomon wasn't even asking for wisdom. Solomon was, uh, his heart was to to help his people because he didn't know what he was doing. He was a king who was put in in this position and he was just going, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? One night he has he he lays down and God speaks to him while he was dreaming and says, "What do you want desire?" And his heart desire was to help do help this people to do the best that they can be to do the best. He wanted to be the best king he can be. He wanted to run him right. He wanted to lead him in the right direction. And God says, "Because you answered that, I'll give you all this." And he gave him everything. But you know he was a he was a wise he was a wise king, he was a wise king, and they say he's the wisest king of, of them all. But even he fell, even he fell. Tell him about that wise moment when he had to judge between the babies. Oh yeah, he had to uh, these these uh, two ladies. Well, one one lady, the two ladies had the baby at the same time. They both lived together. One night when they were sleeping, one of one of the ladies had slept on her baby and suffocated and killed it. She goes and swaps it off with another baby. And they bring it before the king, and they said, that's my baby. No, it's not my baby. That's your baby. And he, he goes, okay, bring me a, bring me a sword. And he says, let's, let's cut this baby and divide him and put him in two halves. Well, the mother says, let her have it. He goes, well, that's her baby then. The true mom. True mom, yeah. That was wisdom. That was wisdom. And after God gave him, I mean, he was he was a wise man. He was a wise man. So let's go on to on another thing. So, okay, a leader. Now, I just want to kind of cover this a little bit. I've always looked at you as a leader, a quiet leader, too, at that. So, I mean, I kind of got a lot of, I feel like I got a lot of my leadership skills from you. 
So, I mean, I'd work with him. And um, I remember working at uh, the salvage company in Utah with you. And I would see uh, the meanest boss, right? Cuss everybody out, call them morons, idiots, all the time. Never once would I see or hear him speak to my dad that way. Not once that I would look around like, man, what's going on here? Like, and and not I, I, because he seen Big Bato, did no, he? No, and he was just chilling. He was just chilling on the bench, watching all these guys just um, trash talk each other or, or bad mouth, just cussing and everything. My dad would just sit there. Almost looked like he was so annoyed with them, too. Like, oh, I have to be here real quick, you know? I mean, he always get there early and everything. So he'd always be there way before the time he was supposed to be there. So, so um, And I rode with him, so I had to be there at that time, too. I knew I had no choice. <laughs> so... Um, I was looking at him like, what the heck's going on with this? You know, it didn't make any sense to me. Like, why would they never say anything to him? And I kind of liked it. Like, dang, I want to be like that. I don't want to be talking to me bad. You know, that would make me mad. That kind of set me up for all the jobs I had, believe it or not. But I remember asking him and I was like, hey, what's up with, with um, your boss? Why isn't he talking to you? Like, he's telling everybody out. He's cussing them out, calling them idiots, everything. Oh, oh he's tried it a couple times. But um, I just had to tell him a couple times, yeah, you don't talk to me like that. And that was it. He wouldn't talk to you like that. Respect. You've got to always make sure that they respect you. You respect them, and that's how you say, you know what, I respect you, but I need you to respect me because I won't put up with that. And that's where I've always, that's where I've always been. I mean, you respect them. You expect, you expect mm -hmm. the same respect that you give them. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, too, my, even, uh, even my mom would tell me sometimes, uh, she was, she was, what she really liked about my dad was um, when they were younger, you know, that... Um, Nobody could tell him anything. Like, like uh, even if somebody would be sitting there BSing him, like about a story or something, he said my dad would look at him straight in the face and be like, that sounds like a bunch of BS to me. And he, he didn't care. Like, he didn't care what people thought. And, and I, I feel like I got, a, I got a lot of that from him. And um, I feel like you were like a leader, but you led quietly a lot because he wouldn't talk a lot. And, but, and he would just be like, you know, doing his thing. Stand on what he believed. Yeah. You know, so you I, can't yeah, exactly. him tell him anything different. So a leader, okay, a leader is one of our, our things that we talk about as a howler, right? Well, first, I actually want to ask you this. Who do you see that was like one of the best leaders in the Bible? I've always looked at King David. King David is my, my, my hero. You know, Jesus is always obviously the perfect. You know, I can never be like David, like Jesus, but I can sure be like David. I always thought because he messed up all the time, and so he was always been my hero and my leader. He's always what I learned from him is that every time he fell down, he got back up, and he went and went straight to God and said, mm -hmm. "Forgive me, forgive me." So he's always been my hero of the Bible. I named my last son my my David all after him. Because he was he was my hero, and he's just like uh, I mean every time I read Psalms. In fact, when I when I don't know how to explain to God what I'm what I'm feeling, even though He knows already how I feel, and but sometimes I need to know how I feel. I open the Book of Psalms and I start reading it, and I can literally see how I'm feeling in the Word. There it is. That's how I feel right now, and then He would just go crying out to God, you know, like he, you, you grabbed me, you took me from the pit, and I just pictured him grabbing you from the pit and, and pulling you out, you know, I'm pulling us out. And I mean, so, the, 
So as a leader, that's what he was doing. He was go- crying out to God. He was going to God a lot. And, and so yes. is, that what, is that what you see as a real leader? I do. Like they end up going to God. They A leader a, a leader will never think he's above anybody. He can't be above every, anybody because there's always got to be someone above him to show him how to lead. And the only way to do that is the, only, the ultimate leader is Christ. He's the ultimate leader. He's the one that's going to give you direction. He's the one that's going to tell you when to move, when to not move. I mean, even in the in the Bible that you read in the Kings, the war, that Moses, Moses. I can't help to think about Moses when he went to war. Um, he tells him, "Go to yeah, go to war." And he he's, he's in the he's in the having the war, and he's up standing on the mountain lifting his hands. Right? He's like this, just lifting his hands up, and. All of a sudden, his, his, he starts getting tired, and they're winning every time as his hands are lifted up. They're winning. They're winning the battle. But as soon as his hands go down, they start losing. Then the his then Aaron and I think it was cousin comes up on the other side. And they put a rock underneath them, and they he he they put his hands up, and they start winning. He listens to what God has told him. You walk in his direction, and you're gonna mess up because Moses even messed up. In fact. Everyone in the Bible that you read messes up. And that's what's so cool about it because it's not perfect. He chose just like ordinary people, people who have problems and, and issues in their life like, like, like me. And, and, I, and I just feel like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm glad I can see these people that they have issues just like I have issues. I mean, you know, Rahab was a prostitute and he's, and she is part of uh, Jesus' line. <laughs> I mean, you just see this kind of stuff, and it just and it, and it and it blows you away. Just going, okay, you know, it, it gives me hope, and that's what I desire. I, I desire hope, and then when I when I pray for my sons and everything, God God will show me um, the end, what where they're going to be at. Through the Word, He'll give me a scripture and just say, hey, you know, like, and He'll say like, David's going to be a man after God's own heart. Okay, I don't see that right now, but it gives me hope to to know what I need to pray for. And I keep praying, and it may take a year, it may take two years, it may take three years, it may take a decade. I don't know. But I do see that. I do. I believe it's going to happen one day. I believe that's going to happen, and I'm going to see it. I have, you know, verses for all my sons, uh, my wife, my... I seek God for every situ... Well, I, I hope to... I, do, I seek Him for every situation. Uh, there's some situations that I, I realize that, hey, man, I, I should have prayed about this, and I didn't, you know, because I want to... I want to make sure I make the right decisions, and I want to make sure I'm I'm, le- I'm walking in the direction He wants me to walk, that He designed me to walk. Because the graveyards are filled with people that had great potential, and they never took it. And every one of us have that potential in, inside of us that God has given us, but we choose to follow the world, or which is our our own desires. Our own desires will mess you up. Because you want it, you want to get high. You want it. You want to change what's inside of you. But God says, "No, don't listen to your emotions, your feelings." Because we do not live by sight; we live by faith. So that's when you start fighting against those feelings, those feelings of drinking, those feelings of of, of going out with women. You know, um, any of those feelings that 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 will cause you to move in the wrong directions, to cause you to go in the opposite direction where you were designed to go. What you're designed to go will fulfill you. Do you think drinking is bad? I think uh, I don't think drinking is bad, but excess of drinking, yes. Okay. There's a there's a there's a limit to anything. I mean, anything you do. I mean, eat too much food. I mean, me. I'm I'm look at. 
You know, I, I gotta, I gotta take you it. You can still be healthy, looking like looking you know, <laughs> you know, with a few pounds. You know, that drinking don't mean a, you're not healthy. Drinking a but, beer, drinking a. You but know, you don't drink that. Why? Is no, that? I don't drink because I, I don't. I know my limitations. I know that I could have a beer. I'll have a beer every now and then, but a beer. I never go past one beer, and it's like three times a year. I want <laughs> Christmas, <laughs> Easter. No, no I'll, I'll have a beer. I'll have a beer with my wife. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll go to a restaurant or something. But I'll have, I'll have a beer, and that's it. Mm-hmm. I go. I won't drink because I love the taste. I love the taste of beer. I, I mean, I the first taste, the first drink of a beer to me is the best drink. The first, and then I put it down. I, I really. Eh. Okay, so let's go over that then. I, so let's go over. So self sacrificing. Do, do you believe? You not drinking is sacrificing for your belief? No, I believe that me not drinking is looking for, uh, it's, it's, it's helping me walk in a direction that I, I desire to walk in. My desire is to, is to walk with the Lord. I want to walk with the Lord in every, every aspect of my life. If that's going to take me in a wrong direction, then I don't want it. What have you self-sacrificed for that? I don't know what you call it sacrifice. I don't want to call it sacrifice. I want to. I, I call it giving thanks because what He's brought me out of. I thank you, Lord. I don't want to. I, I, I given. I, I don't want to, Lord. When you when you taken this away from, how could how else can I say thank you, Lord? But to help move in the direction that you want me to move in. Uh, it's 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 really not. So you wanted God to take that away from you so you don't never have to go back to it. Yeah, he took it. So as a howler, um, we say self-sacrificing is, a, is, a, is something a man needs to do. Um, wh- who, this is going to be a hard one, but I mean, who do you consider um, the most self-sacrificing man in the Bible? Jesus. Jesus, he sacrificed, he, he, he sacrificed for all of us. For we can walk in the direction that we we need to walk in. We, uh, but the the person that you're uh, the person that you're that your greatest enemy would be would be uh, uh, yourself, ourselves. Uh, it says that the spirit wages war with the flesh, and the flesh wages war with the spirit. One of them are fighting. When they're fighting, they're one's winning at one time. One, every second of your life, one is winning. One's on top of it. But Jesus is a, is the most sacrifice sacrificial lamb. He's for we can go and have victory in this world. He gave himself up. There was no greater man that gave up everything. He came. He gave. He gave up his kingdom in heaven, and came down to walk among us, and to show how that. I mean, you, okay, the best way I can describe it is who would be a greater king? A king that that reigns from the reigns from his throne. Or a king that maybe dressed up like a peasant and came down on the uh, on the came down to his uh, kingdom and and walked among his people and see how they lived and, and lived like them. To me, that would be a greater king because he would understand how I feel, understand what I've been through. I mean, he would go through all. He he actually could be in my shoes, and this is what Jesus did. But at the end of the two, he was, he he was still like the best leader too. Yes, he was the best leader, and he still is the best leader. Wow. Okay. So I want to go into this then. So, also um, being courageous. Now, I was thinking because when I when I was speaking to you about being courageous, you told me well you have to be fearful 
Yeah, in order to be courageous. So I just keep now I'm thinking about when um, Jesus was praying um, right before he was going to go to the cross. And, and uh, tell me, tell us a little bit about that, because obviously he had to feel fear to be courageous to, to go on and die on that cross. He had the most anxiety. He went through a panic. He was panicking because he knew what he was about to suffer. I mean, who's, how are we, I mean, I, can you even imagine to know your future and know that you're going to be whipped 39 times with a cat of nine tails that had stone, uh, steel, and every time they whip your flesh, uh, uh, every time they whipped you, pieces of flesh came out. And I can't imagine what he is, what was going through his mind because he knew exactly what he was going to go through. Then he walked through the streets. I don't understand how it hit, the blood didn't drain out of from him before he even got to the cross. And then they nailed it in his, and then they put nails in his hands, in his feet, and he still said, "Forgive you, forgive him, Father." For they don't know what they do. You know, it's funny because uh, there's a religion out there that believes that that was the sacrifice that he did. But yet, you can read in Isaiah 53. I don't know if you guys ever read that. It talks about uh, what he was going to endure, and why it was written 700 years prior to his his uh, death, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I, I wanna, can I read that real quick? So who will believe our message? To whom will the, the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender suit and like a root of a parched ground. He has no stately form or majesty, which means he, you know, he didn't look, he didn't have a big halo going around his head this whole time, you know, that we should look upon him saying, wow, look at this guy. He's tall, he's handsome. No, it wasn't like that. Nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. It says it right there. He was despised and forsaken of men. People hated him. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, they all hated him. Uh, it goes, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. I mean, he was, when he looked at the, a lot of the people, he loved everybody. And he had sorrows. And, and, and one part, when Lazarus died, he said he, 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 uh, he wept. I mean, he cared about us. He sat on the mountain of olives and he says, oh, I wish I could just hold you like, like ch- ch- uh, Mother Hen does her chicks. And it says, and like the one who men hid their faces, he was despised and we did not esteem him. He says, surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. He says, we, yet we ourselves esteemed him as stricken. Oh, he deserves to be up there. But yet it says, his griefs he, it says our griefs he bore and our sorrows. It says, smitten of God and afflicted. God had a gift. He had to, he had to have the wrath of God put upon him. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. So he was pierced through. Remember, this has been 700 years prior to Jesus coming. He goes, for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities, chastising for our well-being. He was whipped. When he was getting whipped for those 39 lashes, it says it was for our well-being. That's a big deal. A well-being for us to have to, to be well in our life, to be at peace in your life, to walk and to, to just to be at peace with everything in your life, just to have this well-being, say, oh, you know, I feel good today. He, that was him. He says, he was chastised for our well-being, fell upon him, and he was scourged for, scourging, we are healed. We are all like sheep have, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, but the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. 
says all our sins, all our mess ups, all our everything. He says to us to fall on Him. He goes, and this is why believing in the Lord is so much that we need to understand what belief. It's not the belief that, um, oh, so you know God is one. You do well. The demons also believe. You got to know what's the difference to believe. I mean, those guys believed in God. They've seen God. They've been in heaven. They've seen the majesty, but yet they chose not to be there, not to believe in him, not to rely on him, not to trust on him. Now you have the other side of belief. You're going to put your trust in him. You're going to rely on him. You're gonna, he's going to be the center of your life. And there's only two sides. There's no middle ground in this. You can't just say, I believe in God, and not. you're going to have to choose one day. And... To me, this is one of the best passages of Jesus, what he, why he came to the earth and why he died. Well, like I said, it was written 700 years prior to him coming. And it blows me away. And this says everything right here. And I love that. Now, there was no greater man or God. A 100% man, 100% God. But believing is the ultimate uh, path to your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding, your discernment, and your common sense is to your belief system. That will birth everything. Lord, thank you for this time you've given us. I pray that you would, Lord, that you would just touch somebody's heart about um, the direction they need to go in to know that they're, Lord, that you designed them. Yes, I understand, Lord, that you, um, they go through, we go through a lot of stuff, our parents, you know, stepfathers and the abuse and everything, Lord, that we go through. But I believe and I know that your word says that we go through these things for a, for a reason. And it's not our part of God's plan, his will, but we can learn from them and we can get strengthened through them. So I pray, Lord, you just touch someone's heart right now and that they would come to know you and that you would be the center of their lives. And I say this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. House of a bass. House of a bass.